ברוכים הבאים לכולם מירושלים. The new episode of Israelities podcast, live from Jerusalem. Welcome everybody to this first episode of our podcast. My name is Stefano Guaglione and I'm your host today. I'm hosting this podcast directly from Jerusalem. We are in the brand new studio at King of Kings. And why this podcast? Now, the title of this podcast is Is Realities. Now, let me explain to you. What we want to do today, we want to explain and give more information about the realities here in Israel. For a few years, King of Kings Ministry had a desire to create a podcast and create content for people in Israel and around the world. But before getting into the topic of today, let me welcome our senior pastor, Pastor Chad Holland. Mm. Before anything... Give us some more information about you. Who is Pastor Chad Holland? Well, thanks, Stefano. Um, so happy to be here. Very excited about this podcast. As you said, there's been a vision in our heart for many years to expand and connect in deeper ways. Um, I have the privilege of serving in several roles at King of Kings. First of all, I get to serve as the senior pastor at King of Kings Community Jerusalem. So that's one of the campuses of congregations and ministries in the King of Kings network. I also get to serve as the overseer, is a good term, uh, the, the overseeing encourager and coach for all of the other congregations and ministries in the whole network of King of Kings. And I think that this podcast is going to apply not only to our Jerusalem congregation and all of the congregations in Israel, but also many of our congregations and ministries, partners and friends around the world who pray and love us as well. That's amazing. Thank you, Pastor Chad. So why the title is Realities, and what's the purpose behind this title? Yeah, the, you know, our podcast uh, vision is and has been to expand those relationships, to explain theological elements of, of who we are at King of Kings Ministries, and then to also open the door or open the window so that people who may not be in Israel, but may be in other parts of the world, We'll know a little bit more about current events, what's happening, not only in the country, but in the body of Messiah. And so we, we chose that, that title of that name, Israelities, because it's really the realities of what is happening in Israel with King of Kings family and with the broader body of Messiah. So it seemed to fit pretty well. So what our listeners and watchers, people that are going to watch us, watch us uh, will expect mm -hmm. from this podcast theology, doctrines, the food that we eat in Israel. That's right. <laughs> a little bit of everything. You know, what we do uh, is we want people to feel a deeper connection to what's happening here. Now, some of that connection is what does King of Kings believe? You know, why am I supporting King of Kings? Why do I pray for them? Why do I partner with them? Um, some of it can be how they can take tour groups here and how they can connect with us when they're here. Sometimes it's about the government, what's happening in Israel, could be the body of Messiah, could be something new that the King of Kings family or the King of Kings network is growing into or expanding into, and we're asking for prayer and, and ideas and things like that. And we also want to take Q&A from our uh, listeners as well. So really, again, it's, a, it's an opening of a window for people in Israel and around the world to get a little bit deeper connected with us and what is going on is in Israel as a nation and as a body. 
Perfect. Are you ready to dig into the topic of today? Of course, let's do it. So today I want to talk about definitions and the vocabulary that we use here in Israel. Because I do believe that here in Israel and around the world, there is a little bit of confusion. So let's start with the question, who are we? Are we Messianic? Are we Jews? Are we Zionists? Are we Christians? Are we believers? Let's get and divide the section Let's start with messianic. What is the definition of messianic, and are we messianic? Uh, it's a good topic, and as we start, our listeners will notice that we most often will use what I call sensitive language. And the idea of using sensitive language will make more and more sense the more people connect with us and they understand our vision. So, for instance, when we're talking about what is messianic, Well, Messianic is really a descriptive term that refers to people groups that believe that Yeshua is the Messiah. Okay, that's the simplest baseline definition. But you can have a Messianic Jew, somebody born Jewish, who has come to believe that Yeshua is the prophesied Messiah. But you could also have a Messianic Gentile, okay. someone not born Jewish, but they also uh, have come to believe in Yeshua as the prophesied Messiah. You could have a Messianic congregation. And again, there's the sensitive language. Notice that I lean into congregation, community, kehilah, because here in Israel, we're part of the Jewish community. We're, we don't consider ourselves primarily a church. So you won't hear me use that kind of terminology. I'll lean into congregation. Can we explain why we don't use the word church here? Yeah, because there's, a, again, there's a sensitivity to the history of what the Jewish people have been through. Uh, over the thousands of years of persecution, of uh, expulsions and pogroms and the Holocaust, and a lot of these uh, tragedies that were done to the Jewish people were unfortunately done in the name of non-sensitive terms. So, for instance, it could be a Jewish person has a negative connotation in their mind of a church, because a church is full of Christians, and Christians uh, uh, supported Hitler and the Holocaust. So all of a sudden you have this, this concept in their mind that we would not agree with. And so we would move away from that and move into what we believe is more sensitive terms. We would move into more Jewish-oriented terms like a congregation or a kehilah. So messianic is a term that means generally and broadly We believe in Yeshua as the Messiah, but you can be both Messianic Jew, born Jewish, or Messianic Gentile, not born Jewish, and a congregation can, through its own vision and its expression, can be a Messianic congregation. So we define ourselves as a Messianic congregation. In King of Kings Community Jerusalem, we define ourselves as a Messianic congregation. Now, in the King of Kings family, in the network more broadly, there are lots of types of congregations and ministries. Some of them lean more into the Jewish roots of the faith and the Jewish expressions, and they would consider themselves Messianic. And some of them lean less into the Jewish aspects, and maybe they just consider themselves a community, or uh, maybe a kehilah is, a, is the Hebrew terminology mm -hmm. for the community. Um, it might even be that some that are new to the network, or they don't have any Jewish members, and they don't have any a scope of vision for Jewish elements, they might consider themselves a church, possibly. But in the broader King of Kings network, we are a messianic network. Perfect. Now, do you think that today, maybe in the West more than here, 
um, the word messianic can have a wrong connotation or a negative input of the word? It kind of depends on each person's experience. So I grew up, I'm a Gentile by birth, but I was raised in a Jewish family. So I was raised in a Messianic Jewish family, a Messianic Jewish congregation, and I had all good experiences. So from my experience, it's a positive uh, term. But I also have to understand that other people have seen maybe some unhealthy sides of the Messianic world. And so you might say, what is an unhealthy side of the Messianic world? Well, that's where someone has gotten the theology wrong, and they somehow believe that every believer in the world must live like a Jew. Okay. That's not correct, according to the book of Acts and the book of Romans. But we also have seen some unhealth when maybe somebody who is not Jewish by birth appreciates the Messianic movement, wants to connect with it, and tends to go too far in the sense that either they're pushing the idea of the Judaizers that you read of in the New Testament, mm -hmm. meaning that they believe that you have to live like a Jew to be saved, or that you're somehow better or more righteous because you might put Jewish elements into your life. Those are the unhealthy sides that we've seen in Messianic Judaism around the world. King of Kings does not promote those unhealthy sides, mm -hmm. but what we do promote is we want to always make a space for our Jewish members to feel free and comfortable to live out their covenantal Jewish lives and to express themselves like we see the apostles in the Bible who were Jewish believers. We don't want to discourage them from doing that, and we don't want to assimilate them into a Gentile church environment where they somehow lose their uniqueness of being Jewish. You already introduced an amazing topic, which is on replacement theology, which would be one of the topics. So if for those that are watching and listening to this podcast, stay close to our podcast, stay in touch, subscribe to our page on YouTube and other platform, because we're going to talk about replacement theology as well. Thank you very much. Very clear, Pastor Chad. Um, so, are we Christians? Well, if we take the word Christian at its base meaning, believers in Yeshua, and again, you hear me the sensitive language. I, I speak of Yeshua as his name. Um, but if we're talking about Christian, then the root of that is going to be Christ or Christ-like, right? Mm -hmm. So if we are followers of the Messiah then we would consider ourselves, yes, we would fit that definition of Christian. An, a, a corollary term might be, are we part of the, quote, church? Now, when you put quotes around church, of course, we're talking about the global church. And we would say yes to that in its, in its term base. But that's not how we say it here in Israel. Again, going back to that sensitive language in that Jewish space, We are a congregation. We are part of the global body of Messiah. The Gufa Mashiach is how we say it in Hebrew. So yes, we are believers in whatever term you use or someone uses to define a believer that Yeshua is the Messiah. We are yes to that. And whatever term someone uses to define, are you part of the global believers of Messiah? We would say yes to that. The terms we use are Messianic believers here in Israel, and we are part of the body of Messiah. What is, in your opinion, the biggest difference between today, not biblically speaking, just today, uh, about the context in which we live, between a Christian believer and a Messianic believer? Mm -hmm. The context is usually separated by um, how they heard the gospel and the Jewish roots of faith that they do or don't understand. 
Because if you don't have a Jewish roots understanding, you interpret the Bible in a completely different way. You forget that it was written primarily by Jews for the Jews to the Jews in the land of Israel. You forget these things, and you might accidentally start to interpret theological positions or doctrinal positions without the original context of the original author. And I think that's where a mistake can be made theologically. I think that's where a, state, a mistake can be made in application to life as well, because the Bible is not written in the modern age and the year that we are right now. It's not written in this age. It's written in the context of what our forefathers would have understand uh, or understood, and so we have to understand what they understood, not the other way around, right? So we have to just be careful that we are exampling right context by understanding the Jewish roots of faith and filtering everything through that. And I think that becomes one of the major differences between Messianic Judaism or Messianic Jewish expression and a Gentile Christian church world expression. Perfect. Uh, what about being Jews? Are we Jews or not? Well, in, in a Messianic congregation like ours, you have a mixture of everybody. You're going to have people born into Jewish families, and we call that a Jewish person. You're going to have people that are not born in a Jewish family but are born in Israel. That's an Israeli. Um, and an Israeli can be a Jewish Israeli, could be an Arab Israeli, could be a Druze Israeli, uh, or it can be an immigrant like myself. Ten years ago, I immigrated to Israel, so I'm an Israeli because I'm a citizen of Israel but I'm not Jewish. So it's, it's a broad mixture of people born into a Jewish family, people not born into a Jewish family, people who are Israeli citizens, and people who are not Israeli citizens. And we have all of them, not only here at the Jerusalem campus of King of Kings, but certainly throughout the King of Kings network uh, in Israel and worldwide. Now, going out of our Keilah, our congregation, how do you think that non-Messianic Judaism and Jew look into a Messianic Jew? It can be confusing to some. If you didn't grow up in it, or you haven't really sensed the Holy Spirit drawing, uh, drawing you into this type of connectivity, uh, it, it can be a little confusing. So sometimes we'll get people that don't understand, maybe they're Christians in the church world, and they don't have uh, Jewish roots of un understanding from the Bible, and they might look at us and they might say, it looks to me like you are going back under the law for your salvation. Like you are obeying the Torah, the books of Moses, as if you can gain your own salvation through that. And of course, we would say that is not who we are at all. Salvation is a free gift. It is the grace of God through the work of Yeshua on the cross, his shed blood, atonement for our sins. There's nothing we can do to purchase that or earn that. So we fully understand how grace works. But we also understand that the word of God is good. And the word of God was given to us for our own good, and that there's a blessed life when we live in obedience of the scriptures. So that's one misunderstanding that we get a lot of times from the Christian church world, is did you go back under the law? And the answer is no. However, we feel a covenant responsibility, especially to our Jewish members, and my wife is Jewish, don't forget, so I'm, I'm married into a Jewish family, have four Jewish children, but we feel a covenant responsibility that our Jewish members can connect to the Torah as much as possible in the modern age, but with a new covenant understanding of that application. Now, if you go on the complete opposite side, away from the Christian church understanding, and you might go to the Jewish non-believer Judaism or Orthodox Judaism world, what they're going to say is, you're not part of us. And we would say, well, wait, we're 
you know, many of us are Jewish people. We study the Torah the way you do. We believe in the laws of God. We believe in the land of Israel. We believe in all of that. Why are we not part of your community? And their answer would be, well, you can't be Jewish and believe in this Jesus fella. Mm. Well, that's obviously not true because the early disciples were all Jewish. So we know that that's false. And somehow they've developed a false definition of what it means to be Jewish. Remember, being Jewish is a heritage. It's a birthright. It is a family lineage and a genealogy. It is not a belief system. You are not Jewish because you believe something. You're Jewish by birth of the tribes of Israel. You can choose to practice Judaism. You could choose to practice Catholicism. But that's a choice, and it doesn't define you being Jewish or not Jewish. So there's a misconception from the Orthodox or the religious Jewish side about who we are. They just want to cut us out of the Jewish community altogether. And then you have the Christian misunderstanding. And somehow, I think the Holy Spirit has prophetically called the Messianic Jews and the Messianic Gentiles, not only at King of Kings, but around the world, to stand as a bridge between the people who love God in the Christian church world and in the the Orthodox Jewish, religious Jewish world. We kind of stand in the gap between them and say, wait, you can do both. You can fully embrace your Jewish life and heritage and fully embrace the new covenant, salvation and Yeshua under the power of the Holy Spirit. You can do both. And I think we're the example of, of how you can do both according to the scriptures. Thank you so much. Very clear, very good point. Um, I must say that we are not a synagogue, right? No. We are something that people maybe in the West will define us as a church, like the way we have. And if they follow our service, that's what they will probably perceive. But there is a group of Messianic Jews that they have more a synagogue kind of service or liturgy, right? Right. So can we tell our people that are following us who are they and why they're still keeping the synagogue and not moving to like a church setting like we do. Yeah, I think, again, we want people to understand that in the whole network of King of Kings, you have a rainbow variety of different expressions. Now, we have congregations that are members in 12 different languages, so obviously you're going to get a wide range of expressions. You're going to get different languages and cultures and styles and backgrounds. But some of the background difference is how do you express your Messianic Jewish rootedness. In the King of Kings family, you're going to have some, like, I'm going to give an example of Kehilat Nachalat Yeshuotenu, that is uh, very intentionally built to go more into the Jewish expressions of worship and faith and theology with a Torah scroll and the Parsha reading and the liturgical worship from the Sidurim, um, Hebrew and English uh, modern worship, uh, uh, we're going to light these Shabbat candles, and we have the menorah, we blow the shofar, we wear the talit and the kippah. That's very intentional for a deeper Jewish expression, but still under the power of the Holy Spirit, seeking the New Testament theology. And then we have some, more like community in Jerusalem here, where we are a Messianic community, but not quite as heavy in our Jewish expression publicly. But we still have some Jewish expression publicly. We read the parsha, the weekly Torah portion, every week. We speak and teach on the Jewish roots of faith. We observe all the feasts and festivals uh, that are commanded in the Bible by God. In our uh, fellowship times, we have a kosher diet that we keep in our fellowship times as well. Uh, we sing the Shema. We say the blessings on the holidays. So we build a sukkah. We light the Chanukiah. So th those are things a church would not do. Churches don't do that. Congregations do that. 
Now, uh, we don't go as far as a synagogue might go, but we are certainly expressing the messianic part of it differently than a church might express it. So in King of Kings, we have a broad variety of different expressions, and we support each one. And the reason we support each one is because we know that each community is reaching a different demographic, and we know that, uh, that every fishing net is not exactly the same. That's amazing. Well, um, I left the last definition as last because in my opinion, that Stefano speaking, is the most complicated one. The one that started in the Bible, but it moves into more a political asset, which is Zionist. Mm -hmm. Are we Zionist? Mm -hmm. Right. So again, it's going to come back to what the hearer understands and what their background is. If, if someone hears the word Zionism and they think to themselves, do I support the right of Israel to be a nation, a covenant nation given by God uh, to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the tribes of Israel? If, if that's what I'm thinking from a biblical and prophetic sense, then the answer is yes, we, we're very Zionistic. We believe that. That's why we're here. But at the same time, you have a modern and political definition of Zionism, like who has the right to the land, who won the last war, where are the borders, and if you have a right to the land, uh, do you have a right to treat anyone else in that land any way you want to? So from that definition, we would say, well, listen, there's some, there's some nuances that need to be discussed there. Um, for instance, recently I preached on the idea of Israel is not today what it will become. But then again, neither are we as believers. Neither are we as the body of Messiah. But God hasn't rejected us just because we have not yet become all that we will become, nor has he rejected Israel, according to Romans 11, because today they are not what they will become in the future. So the borders of Israel today do not match biblical borders. Mm -hmm. But does that negate the calling of God on the Jewish people in the land of Israel? No, it doesn't negate it. And yet we're not what we will become. So Again, it's, it, it is complicated. You're right. There are some nuance here. It depends on the person's perspective and what they mean by Zionism. But if I were to take a step back and I were to say, if Zionism means we support the land of Israel, we support the idea that Jews were called here by God as a covenant land, then yes, we are Zionistic from that perspective. Now, I'm telling you that uh, since the beginning of the war, on the 7th of October, and we are now recording like we just over 100 days from the beginning of the war, um, on social network, the majority of people be against Israel have been using the word Zionist as a negative connotation. How did we move from a positive thing, godly mind and intention for the people of Israel to be becoming an insult for people that are supporting this biblical concept. Yeah. Well, again, part of it is historical, and part of it is, is political. Um, if you go back to the late 1800s, there actually weren't very many Jewish people here in the land that we're in today. It, we call it Israel now. Uh, they didn't call it Israel back then, right? So there were m way more Arab uh, heritage people than there were Jewish people. But as anti-Semitism, the hatred of Jews... Uh, was rising around the world, the Jews were fleeing from all kinds of countries, and they were looking for a safe place to return to. And if you look at the early um, conventions, the, they were called the Zionist conventions, 
uh, the late 1800s, early 1900s, what you'll find out is when the Jewish convention got together, they actually thought about where should they go to be safe. And Israel, what we call Israel today, was only one of the choices. It, it wasn't the only choice. It was one of the choices. But eventually they decided that this was a historical land that they read about in the Bible. Their ancestors had come from here. And so they decided to make this land their goal of return. And over the next decade, you saw more uh, Jewish people coming to this land. And that movement was called Zionism. They were moving to Zion, you understand? Mm. So it, it wasn't like there was a grand scheme in the beginning, and then it was called Zionism. It, it, it didn't become called Zionist until this wave started to come. And then, of course, it caught the attention of the people who lived here before, and that had tensions rising, and then you had World War II, and then from the British mandate, you have to catch up with the history of all of that. So that's the early history. And we have to be sensitive to the people that were here. Um, uh, I don't, I'm not the number one authority on what should have been done or how it should have been done, but there were people here, and there were consequences. When you bring in millions of new immigrants, there are consequences. We face that now kind of in reverse, right? When we have uh, Arab countries and immigrants from Arab countries, Muslim countries, and they're making uh, their immigration to other countries, there's an impact. And there was certainly an impact here when it happened. And I think that became the early seeds of where the negative part of it started was all of the tension, the friction, the wars. Um, there were there have been wars ever since Jews started to return home here. But then again, you could easily go back hundreds of more years if you wanted when the Jews were here and the people that invaded them and kicked them out. And so the the, the danger here is how far back are you going to go to determine that that was the right starting place? Because no matter what year you land on, there was already already a problem. Somebody was getting displaced from this land by somebody else. And that wave upon wave of generations that keep doing it to one another has just caused this deeply embedded friction. And that's where the, the negative connotations of Zionism comes from in today's world. But the second part of that answer is uh, there's been an intentionality about trying to make that term negative as well. So you have to understand how media works, how the agenda of the left works, how social media works, how people use it as sound bites that may or may not have full truth to it. And so there is, you know, the, the ideas, you'll hear words like occupation, and then it's not used in its right connotation, or you'll hear uh, settlement, and then it's put in a negative connotation, not a positive connotation. The same thing happens with Zionism. Can you give us a last advice about how can we continue to support Israel without falling into the politics of the political argument on that? Yeah, I think, listen, even as Israelis, I think I can say this, as an Israeli citizen, as a voting citizen, I love Israel. I love the call of Israel. I love the Jewish people. I believe this is their covenant homeland. I want all Jewish people to come home. I believe in Aliyah, that means returning home, because it's part of the covenant that God made with the Jewish people. And whether we come home, and I'm saying we broadly, whether we come home on our own, or we come home because we're forced to come home through anti-Semitism around the world, uh, we're going to end up home. Um, but how can we support that at the same time understanding that as an Israeli voting citizen, I don't love everything my government does. 
I don't agree with every political decision. I don't believe uh, agree with every political party. And so I have to balance, and that's what I would encourage our listeners and our viewers to do. You have to balance. What are you supporting in terms of your biblical covenantal element of loving the Jewish people and the call of God for this land versus the modern state and government that is not being run by believers, it's not being run by God-fearers, it's not being run by Torah observers, necessarily. 70% of our country is secular, so I do have to be careful to balance what lines up with the Bible and what does not. And the way I do it is, I find the good. I find the good in people, I find the good in this nation. I know where we're headed, we're just not there yet, but I think I can support us along the way. Thank you so much, Pastor Chad, for your clarity. Uh, I know it's no easy topic to talk about, particularly in this context, but it was very clear, very balanced. Thank you so much. And thank you for all of you that have been watching and listening to us. Uh, please subscribe to our channel. There will be more episodes coming up. Pastor Chad is returning very soon for another episode. And please continue to support us. And if you like, just comment uh, down below and tell us what you think about the podcast. All the best. Shalom from Jerusalem, from Stefano and Pastor Chad. Thanks for listening to this episode of Israelities Podcast. We'd love to hear your questions and comments at podcast at kkm.network. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Instagram. Shalom from Jerusalem.